It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. This is the hour of doom. Might be. No. No. And bloom. And bloom. Definitely a bloom. Well, can you believe it? You actually heard a female voice on this podcast. <laughs> I exist. That's, well, that's because you let me out of the sweatshop. That's right. You know, finally, <laughs> you have a moment to join us today. What's it been like wait, in your... help me, help me. <laughs> have me tied to the sewing machine. <laughs> oh, wait. We don't sew anything, do we? Oh, well. Well, what's it was a it good been story, li- though. What's it been like in your mystical warehouse of mystery? Oh, wow. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy. But yeah. a good crazy, because we're busy. That's true. But it's a little tough for a mom-and-pop shop. I don't think people realize we're really a mom-and-pop shop. <laughs> yeah, there are not too many. There's not 400 people. I have some helpers, but that's yeah. about it. Yeah. I need a secretary, and I need an accountant, and I need an inventory person. I wear all those hats. <laughs> well, you've done a wonderful thing getting all this personal protection we, gear we for, for people, kept right? Up hundreds well. of people, really. Hundreds, hundreds. Absolutely. But we're happy to do it. We're absolutely happy to do it anytime. Well, without further ado, friends and neighbors, welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Podcast, a cabin you can count on, a yurt that won't give you hurt in a shelterless world. I'm Joe Alden, MD, that old Dr. Bones, founder of Survival Top 50's Reader's Choice website, three years in a row, doomandbloom.net, your source for both medical education and the entire line of medical kits that and supplies that Nurse Amy has in her store, the best on the interweb. <laughs> Thank and you. that's a biased opinion. Some of the stuff you hear on the show is outside the conventional medical wisdom, and you know what? Despite that, we have active medical, conventional medical licenses, so I have to tell you that. All information and opinions voiced. Uh, I forgot it. No, I couldn't Uh, find it on the page. (laughs) I don't have it memorized. All information and opinions voiced on the Survival Medicine Podcast are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. We strongly urge our audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. That's right. Don't listen to us. We're just an old coot and a beautiful lady. Aw, thank you. Well, anyhow, all I have to say is COVID-19. By the way, I don't know if you guys know out there, but COVID-19, honestly, is the name of the disease. It is not actually the name of the virus. The name of the virus is sars hyphen COVID-2. Interesting. Or, or COVID-2, actually. SARS coronavirus 2. SARS COVID-2. And the reason why they named it that is because it's similar in genetic makeup to SARS from the epidemic disease from the year about, well, I don't know, 2002 or so. Oh, you have a good memory. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> 2002. I'm not sure where what planet I was on in 2002. <laughs> Was I on Earth? <laughs> I, I think I might have been here. Well, I'll tell you, you have to be on Mars or some other planet, indeed, to not know about the epidemic that's sweeping the world. And as a matter of fact, it is not an epidemic. It is a pandemic. And I've said that a million times, actually, for at least a couple of weeks now. And finally, I think that the 
World Health Organization and the CDC are going to actually declare that it's a pandemic at one point or another. Soon, I think. So we'll have to see. Now, the reason why they don't want us to call it that is because they think it's going to sow panic and terror among people. But that's not the reason why I want to call it a pandemic. I want to call it a pandemic because if you know that there's something going on that could be serious... Well, you're going to pay more attention to it and right. you're prepare for it. That makes sense. More likely to prepare for it. You know, if there's a storm and you don't see the clouds on the horizon, well, you know, there might not be... Preparedness. You might be complacent about exactly. it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, you might not think about getting some stuff. So please don't be complacent and, when I say stuff, and be I don't, ready. I don't necessarily mean our stuff, but, you know, soup and yeah. water filtration. That's right. <laughs> All kinds of disaster preparedness, which I will make a little plug for myself. I did disaster supply preparedness videos with supplies that we had i pulled samples out right i have one that's on just water and filtration one that's on food one that's on uh, electric it's not electricity but power and heating Um, i have a few different videos and i did do a playlist on our youtube channel dr bones nurse amy so if you go to our youtube channel you can find that playlist and just watch them. And they're going to give you some good ideas. Maybe things you forgot about or hadn't thought. I know most of our listeners are very prepared. But you never know who's out there who's a newbie and saying, I got to get ready. Well, so, a lot of people are prepared for uh, trauma. They have tourniquets and they have blood clotting, gauze, and all that other stuff. But they're not prepared for an infectious every, disease. Er, right, everyday living that you might have to be stuck in your house. So, and, and, you know, guys, people who are getting ready on an extreme level at this point because it, they're just fearful and it makes them feel better, that's fine because most likely they won't have to use this stuff. And a lot of this stuff is really good, especially the freeze-dried food and canned goods for many, many years so it's not like these things that you buy are going to go bad. Now, if you're stocking up on Wonder Bread, you're going to have a problem in about three weeks. That's <laughs> and that's right. called mold. <laughs> so we're all smart about what we prep in, prep on and what we get and looking at expiration dates and how to store them best. And right. you can get years out of storage. Absolutely. So don't worry about prepping, folks. If it makes you feel better, that's fine. Go get more tuna fish and canned salmon and whatever it is you, you want to have in your house. Just don't buy cereal and bread and milk. <laughs> so those yes. probably aren't going to last very long. I don't know. Maybe the cereal. I'm not. Where, I don't know how long cereal I lasts. I haven't looked probably at a cereal a expiration date. When was the last time we even had cereal in this house? No, quite a bit. It's been a while. Quite a long time. I'll bet it lasts a long time. I have no idea. I'm sure there's preservatives and all that kind of <laughs> wonderful stuff in That's it. That's true. That's true. It's maybe like the myth of Twinkies. The Twinkies, <laughs> what they say, Twinkies lasted yeah, right, the, like 100 years right. or something. Like they and I beg to cockroaches differ. Cockroaches will be eating the Twinkies Let me tell in, you, I, in a zillion years. You know why I beg to differ? Do you remember when, um, what was it, Hostess made them? Who yes. was it that made them? Little di- no, who made the Twinkies? Hostess, yeah, Hostess. They went out, yeah. remember? They so they weren't going to make, so we went to the grocery store and I thought I was going to be real smart and, you know, buy some treats and hold on to them. Well, I tried a Twinkie about six months later because they ended up selling the recipe to somebody else. Yes, so there they were took actually over, are so They Twinkies. put them back on the shelf, but yep. before they did that, I noticed they, they had sold the recipe, so I said, oh, let me try one of these old Twinkies. 
It's not good. It, it was moldy. Yeah, <laughs> not bad. Not good. No, nope. does not last forever. That is a myth. And I guess if you froze it, it might be fine. But <laughs> mine was not in the freezer and was not tasty. <laughs> True that. So look at your expiration dates. <laughs> wise, wise words. Thank you. So what's our topic today? Well, I mean, I guess we better talk a little bit about uh, COVID-19. All right. You know, we've been writing about the chance of a global pandemic for so many years, and we've had so many epidemic diseases uh, over the years. Ebola in 2014, the swine flu in 2009, mm -hmm. 2010. Uh, I'm trying to think of just since we've actually been prepping, uh, SARS in 2002, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome mm -hmm. in 2012, Zika in 2000. I think 15, There's always chikungunya in 2016. There's a little something every couple of years. Yeah, there sure that is. Make, made a little threat, made a little noise, a little peep. And I said, oh, no, is this going to be it? Thankfully, this this one, I will say, even though it's so easily spread, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to know if this ends how many people got this. Because so many people don't have symptoms or have mild symptoms. It's true. It probably a is little, <laughs> Or a sore throat or, you know, no. a headache, a, a fever that's momentary or nothing at all. I don't think we're ever going to know the extent of how bad this was. Oh, yeah. I'm never. sure it's going to be millions we're of people. But we're never going to know the numbers. And the grand majority of them are never going to be identified. No. We just, not, we just aren't going to know. It's very true. Because people are just showing up with this Mm -hmm. And that means that it's been around in their community for a while. Right. I mean, there haven't been to Wuhan, China, no. or any. <laughs> I don't any think of those the folks in the nursing haven't home haven't known anybody who went there. I don't think the folks in the nursing home in right. Kirkland, Washington, have been to Wuhan, China. Lately. I got an order from somebody from Kirkland, Washington today. No kidding. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I thought, well, of anyone that deserves to get his order, the day he placed it, it's, it's this that guy. Person. Yes. That's right. That's so if you're listening, it is. In the mail, on the way. I promise. Well, good for you. Uh, well, let's see. So, I guess we were thinking about influenza, honestly, as the most likely uh, pandemic that we would see. Right. But, indeed, Well, because what you and I, I always know. talked about, and we've been prepping seriously since, what, 2008, 2009? Mm-hmm. Not a hurricane prepping, because we always had all of that stuff already. The batteries and the flashlight and the, you know, one month or two months food and extra water. We had all of that, but the serious, like, things are going to get shut down, we've had that since, you know, I don't know, 12, 13 years. Um, but that's why we started with this, because you and I saw that there could be a pandemic and, you know, sort of become awakened right. by the fact that we're so dependent on shipments to our grocery store and shipments to the gas station and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, like dominoes. And now we're seeing this China dominoes fall. And for me personally, my medical supply store for the first time ever in January, I, I saw this, you and I said, Oh, this, this is starting. This is not good. Uh, China makes everything medication. Right? We don't produce anything here Apparently, anymore. The epicenter of the entire, pan not a pandemic yet, epidemic. It is a pandemic, I okay. say. All right. Well, this, I say. the epicenter of it is exactly where they make da 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 masks. Face masks. Wow. That is where the main manufacturing of the entire world, most 
of our masks are made right in that area, right there. Amazing, and so those people it? aren't going to work and they've shut down the factories. And so the whole production line is down. China needs masks like crazy, but they can't send people to work when everybody's sick because they don't want to spread this. So, I mean, it's bad. And China is not allowing any masks to be exported. So now here we are, United States. I don't think we produce any masks here at all. I know there's some made in Mexico, um, Mexico and there's some made in the UK. But our main supply line is shut down. So that's the first domino. Right. And boom, 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 boom. 3M's not making them. They're not giving them to the hospital supply, which is what I buy from the main hospital supply company in this um, country. And so then I can't get them. And, it's it's, just, and then the hospitals can't get them and districts can't get them. I actually got an email a couple of days ago. Um, I have, I, I get emails from people who need things and they wanted a quote. And it says, good afternoon. Hope this email finds you well. The district is seeking to purchase the following items in 95 masks. Please let us know how many you have available to purchase as we have no set quantity and are looking to purchase as many as we can. My gosh. Please provide me with a quote by 3.30 today. Thank you, exclamation point. Regards, somebody, <laughs> Director, Purchasing Group, Miami-Dade County Public Schools, wow. Procurement Management Services. Right here. See, now that isn't right that the municipality should have a <coughs> stockpile of some items that would make sense in an epidemic and face masks would be one of them and i'm just really surprised that they don't have it and i'll tell you it's because of that that we're going to see i think outbreaks in multiple cities in the next few weeks and that was just one of them. I know there's more of them there uh, sure. on this thing because I have yeah. I get from a few counties in Florida. I get the procurement requests. Well, the good thing about uh, if there's anything good about COVID nineteen is that it seems to affect relatively few children. Yes. Oh, thank goodness. Now, it does actually our babies, honey. Yeah, it actually does kill people that are older that are infirm, have medical issues. And wait, when I say and, our babies, and occasionally a healthy adult. When I say our babies, I don't mean you and I's babies. I mean our babies of the world. That's what our I say. Because you, because I world? used to live, deliver babies, and you used to deliver babies. <laughs> yes, that's true. So we consider all babies our babies. That's right, of course. No matter whose baby they are, they're ours. Well, Humankind's babies. They we are need our to protect family. Them. That's our family. right. Humankind well, family. Well, speaking about families, let's talk about a what? family of viruses. Oh. Let's talk about the coronaviridae family. And the funny thing about coronavirus mm -hmm. is we don't know how long it's been around, but we have known about it, physically seen it, since about the 1960s. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is that uh, until this coronavirus came around, there were only six known strains of it. Now, the, the amazing thing I think about this entire thing is that mm -hmm. coronavirus in general accounts for probably 15 to 25% of all common colds. And so, like, we've all had coronavirus. Most likely. Most because we've, who, has, who hasn't had a right. cold by the time you're 10 years old? If you go to public school, you have had a cold. Absolutely. <laughs> and so what happens is the coronaviruses that cause colds apparently don't even merit a name. They don't have a name. They have a combination of numbers and letters. Right. And there are four strains of those. But it was only 
since the new century arrived, the two mm-hmm. thousands arrived, mm-hmm. that we started getting these epidemic, deadly kinds of coronaviruses. Mm-hmm. And the first one, indeed, was SARS. SARS stands for a sudden acute respiratory syndrome. By the way, syndrome. SARS is a scary word. Yeah, doesn't it? I don't it? know why, but you say, oh, you've got SARS. That, that sounds... Like, so, sounds like scars. I, I don't know. There's just something about the name. COVID doesn't sound so scary. Yes. I don't know. COVID sounds like, I don't know, a callus or something. <laughs> but <laughs> SARS sounds really, really menacing. And, and, and indeed, it was menacing. It caused... For about six months, uh, thousands of cases, about 8,000 cases in total, and it killed about 10% of people that got it. Now, that actually was mild compared to the one that occurred about 10 years later. Right. That's also turned out to be a coronavirus, and that was called Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. I remember that, too. And, and that one, there were very few cases. Let's say there were couple hundred and they're still by the way counting up cases mm-hmm. uh, occasionally a couple of hundred of them a year mm-hmm. in total there's been about 2500 cases but that has about a 35 percent death wow. rate and that's close to pretty much ebola territory there so let's just talk about this right now so we've got sars that had a pretty decent mortality rate of 10 mm-hmm. percent now yeah. and then you're talking about middle east respiratory syndrome and that's got a pretty decent death rate or mortality rate but neither of these are highly contagious right that's true so the highly contagious part of this covid19 i'm still going to call that because it's easier to say um is what has been the scariest not such a terrible death rate which i know you're going to go over in just a second but if it mutates oh yeah that's the scary thing viruses are constantly somehow without brains Figuring out their environment and adapting. That's adapting right. to come out of bats and go to another animal. We're not sure what it was exactly. And then adapting to then go into humans. That's some crazy adaption. Yeah, it is amazing too about bats. I want to say that there are a lot of deadly viruses that their natural reservoir are bats. Is bats. The bat appears to... I mean, bats can hold uh, Ebola. They can carry all these things. They're like they a petri never, dish, but they never get sick. Yeah, it's crazy. They're like a petri dish, but they don't get sick. And apparently, what happens is they have a very powerful immune system that's always in overdrive. But unlike us, when we our immune system can actually, uh, in response to a virus, actually go haywire. Right. And they have what's called we have have what's called a cytokine storm right and those are basically molecules that activate immune cells and if these go crazy they don't just activate the amount of immune cells that need to be activated they activate much more and they just have a constant cascade so they overcharge they they, overdo it they go overboard right basically they're nuking they're nuking a, an anthill gotcha so this is the kind of thing that can be pretty scary and that's because we have inflammation as part of our immune response. Mm-hmm. Bats apparently don't have an inflam- anti-inflammatory response. You mean an inflammatory Inflammatory response, response rather, right. to these viruses. They float around in their uh, system. They manage to keep them, down. keep them down to the point that they don't make them sick. Right. And But they don't have any inflammation that goes along with that. Which is damaging to us. The inflammation in our bodies is very damaging. They don't get the inflammation. Exactly right. Do you remember that bat we saw that was sick? 
Oh, yeah. In, uh, was Colorado. it Colorado? It was just south of Yellowstone National Park. Yes, in, yes. Just south Wyoming. of Grand Teton. Yeah. We were staying in a hotel yeah. that was just south of Grand Teton. It was in between that. Right. We stopped at a fishery. Right. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. We saw trout, I think. Yes, it was trout. And then on this dock was this bat that was just kind of laying there. And it almost had that fuzz on its face. We thought it might have had some the fungus. white nose. Yeah, it might have had, or yeah, on the nose. It might have had that, that fungus that's been hurting. It's possible, bats. but I have to, I'll tell you one thing. That Definitely was very sick. Any bat that's out in daytime. Daytime. It was just sitting on a sick. dock in the sun. And remember, bats also, another virus that bats carry well, is you know, rabies. I took a picture of that. Is do you remember? rabies. Yeah, I think you did. I have to look for have that picture. I have to see if we can find it. That was in August of 2018. Now, the thing with uh, SARS is that it lasted about six months. MERS has been less contagious than SARS, but it has been more spread out. Right. But it doesn't cause major epidemics because it has a very low, what we call, r not number. Right. The, the R number, or the re- reproductive rate number, mm-hmm. is basically the number of people that an infected person would get sick if that infected person was dropped in the middle of a population that had never seen the disease. So that's how had many people no immunity. It, would tr- it would transmit to. Right, exactly. Okay. So uh, a MERS, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, is about 0.8. So it's never, never less really... Less than one person. Right. Less, okay. than one, less than one person, it's not going to form an epidemic. Okay. Okay. Uh, SARS was about two. So it did, you know, it infected the thousands of people over the course of a mm-hmm. few months. Ebola is a little bit of around two, I guess, as well. There were about 28,000 cases over the course of a year or so. Mm-hmm. But the COVID-19 probably has a higher uh, RO number. Right, R0. because we don't know how many people are actually infected. Exactly I right. mean, if we think 100,000 or close to 100,000 are infected, there could, might, there could easily be a million people that have been infected. Very true. But those other people didn't know it. They had a, a little cough, a little this, and they or had nothing. That's nothing. Right. That's crazy that there are people, and the fact is that they don't have symptoms, but they can still infect others. That's true. That's frightening. That is pretty. Because people know if you're sick, you should stay home. I think, especially in America today, if you're starting to feel sick, you're going to stay home. If you get really sick, obviously you're going to go to the hospital or a doctor, but. If you feel nothing, you're going to go to the grocery store, you're going to go to the movies, you're going to go to school, sure. you're going to go to a concert. I mean, we're supposed to go to a concert on March 13th. Oh, that's right. It, you know that's Oops. a Friday? A Friday the 13th? Uh-oh. March? Oh, boy. Oh, no, is that funny? I saw, no, I saw I our tickets. I might have to bring a mask. I mean, it's a beautiful concert. What's his name? Oh, Andre Ryu or something like yes. that. It's like yes. some classical music. Beautiful music. But, you know, people who aren't sick are not going to stay home. If you and I were sick, we wouldn't go there because we wouldn't want to get others sick. But if you feel fine, you're, oh, you're also going to get on a plane. Right. On a cruise ship. Sure. Right? Sure. On a train. <laughs> you, can get, you can get infected in a trip to the grocery store. I no, mean, but I'm saying the people who are sick, who are infectious, who are transmitting it with no symptoms, they don't know to stay home. That's right. So people are just moving around, infecting others, and they have no idea that they're the right. vector. They go to your grocery store and, you know, touch all sorts of surfaces, touch that, Look at the that expiration date. peach that you were looking right. at, that exactly. you bought. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they wind up uh, 
having the foods that they touch, touched by the cashier, touched by the person bagging groceries. And nobody knows. And nobody knows. Nobody knows. And then some older person, which by the way, folks, just because you're young, please do not think that this doesn't affect you. We all have older relatives. We need to protect them. It's not fair. So please, please wash your hands all the time, even if you feel fine. Just try to think of others. Even if you don't have an older relative, you might have a neighbor or somebody you know at church or somewhere else. We all have to protect these folks. It's not fair. They sh- Nobody should be passing away from, from this. And just because it's older people doesn't make it okay. I just want to be clear about that. Well said. Yeah. As an older person, I appreciate that. Thank you very, <laughs> thank you very much. Now, people have asked me, you know, so what? We've got this thing going around. It's just like the flu, right? Well, it's like the flu in some ways. I mean, you get a fever, you get a, a cough mm-hmm. and things like that. But interestingly enough, you don't have some things that you see with a flu. You wind up getting nasal congestion with the flu. You wind up getting a sore throat many times with the flu. This is not something that we're seeing very often with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And what we are seeing is a very unusual rate of getting very sick with this. Now, 81% of people have absolutely no symptoms or have very mild flu-like symptoms. And they can get over it and they are recovered and everything is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But one in five or six people wind up getting pneumonia from this. Right. And that's a lot higher rate of people getting pneumonia from COVID-19 than people getting pneumonia from the flu, for example. And so it gets bad, it gets to be severe in a much higher percentage of patients. And it actually kills about 3%. The death rate for the flu is about 0.1%. So it actually has a death rate about 30 times higher than the flu. And 3% may not sound like much to you, but indeed that is about what the Spanish flu killed, about 3% of the people that got the, the Spanish flu 100 years ago. Right. Now, the issue with statistics, and I'm actually going to be putting up a video by you soon, is that these statistics may be completely off because we are not counting the folks that don't have any symptoms. If you don't have any symptoms, you're not going to the doctor, you're not getting a swab, right? and you're not getting tested for this. So I don't think we're ever going to actually know a very accurate mortality rate at three percent two to three percent is scary but if we do if we found out which we're never going to be able to that that a million people have been infected right now that would bring the death rate down right i think that three percent is probably on the high side yeah there are a lot of cases that haven't been identified that will never be identified right and 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 that some of that is because perhaps the governments of the countries in which that's occurring aren't that transparent. China, Iran, and by the way, we haven't heard about one case from North Korea. Oh, North well, Korea, they don't have it, right? Yeah, Are right. They, they no. <laughs> they share a border right. with China, and I guarantee Can you, you that there is inc- a terrible infrastructure medically, by the way, and there are a lot of people probably that are sick there, yeah, and I'm sure sadly. the death rate is probably higher there. There. Depending on where you are in China, by the way, depend uh, determine the death rate. Mm-hmm. In Wuhan, it was about 5%. Other parts of China, is about 07 So it's sort of interesting 
that it changes based on the geography a little bit. So anyhow, the question is, what is the likelihood that this is going to end up in your town? Now, my answer to that is very likely that there'll be cases almost everywhere. And I'm expecting cases to be in the thousands. And I'm, it's very possible that we're going to have a, a commensurate amount of deaths as a result. And mostly right. of that, most of those are going to be among the old and infirm. Right. Who but, we still love. That's right. And we have to do whatever we possibly can in an effort, in an effort, to prevent this from happening. So right. what are the things that you can do to prevent becoming infected? The most important thing you can do is, well, hand and respiratory hygiene. You've heard it a million times. Wash your hands. For goodness sake, wash your hands. And I'll tell you when you should they be doing this. They must teach this in preschool, I hope. They don't. I guarantee <laughs> you they don't. You should wash your hands. They may teach, you, teach it, but they don't ever teach it as often as you actually should do right. it. Right. After coughing or sneezing, you, of course, you should wash your hands. Mm -hmm. Before, during, and after preparing food, you should wash your hands. Before eating, you should wash your hands. After using the restroom, you should wash your hands. After handling animals or animal waste, you should wash your hands. And, of course, when your hands are visibly dirty, wash your hands. Right. And so there are very few people that do this, and if they do this, they don't do it with soap and water. They may use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer in many cases, as long as there's the, there's not an actual soiled hands. Uh, your hands aren't, aren't soiled. It's okay to use hand sanitizer, but the thing is, is that people use like a drop of it. When you got to use a big glob of it and really be able to get yourself totally wet from this stuff all the way down to your wrists. So I think the look for hand sanitizer is if you your hands don't look like you just dip them into a vat of hand sanitizer, you have not... Put That's enough on. Pretty much it. You like really if you need had a, a huge bucket, like a Home Depot orange bucket right. filled with hand sanitizer, and you stuck your hands in there past your wrist, and then pulled them out and shook them off. That That's would be what, better. Sadly, that's what your hands need to look right. like. And the thing is that with them, we touch our hands, our face so much with our hands, it's just ridiculous. I and know. that is a terrible, terrible thing to do because it's a great way to get contaminated when i'm at a and, desk at the computer my hand my face sits on my hand yeah. i either have it on my chin yeah people stroke I have it their on my, beard well i don't uh, do that I, I set my yeah i guess not you don't have a beard then i had a good answer yeah, for that that was an excellent excellent answer good good for you honey if i get a beard you better take me somewhere uh, to get that off <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Do not let me go into public like that, please. If I lose my mind, take care of me, okay? I mean, I wish I could have some like little dog collar-like thing that you put on the, collar. on the wrist yes. of the of everybody. No, you just want so to do that, that to me. Gives them a little electric. Me, so I yeah, work more. yeah, a little electric, a little electric shock when you touch your face. Yeah. So anyhow, then of a course, you call it a wife collar. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible. Hand hygiene, of course, it ha goes hand it goes hand in hand ha -ha, yes. ha -ha. with respiratory hygiene. Respiratory hygiene, of course, means you should cover all coughs, all sneezes with a tissue, or at least your upper arm if you don't have a tissue, and you have to dispose of that tissue in a covered waste receptacle. You should cover your nose and mouth with a mask or cloth anytime that you're sick, right. and clean all surfaces touched by sick people with a disinfectant. Uh, one to ten bleach solution or chlorine solution would be fine for that. So that's pretty much similar what to what 
you do to prevent getting influenza, but you got to be really good about it because this can get you sick, really sick, 30 times more often than influenza can. So, and if, if, mm-hmm. God forbid that a, an outbreak is in your actual community, then you have to go this a step further. And that's, I was just talking to you about personal hygiene. Now you're going to have to do some social hygiene. In other words, you're going to have to make sure that you do something that's going to prevent you from getting contact with people that are sick. So you for mean th- not going to a concert? Right, like <laughs> like, like that. Indeed, that may Arr. be the case. So and we call that social distancing. So mm-hmm. some families in a community, if they have limited medical resources, they wonder what they can do. They can do social distancing, which is what we call a non-pharmaceutical intervention or an NPI. They're drastic measures for drastic times, but they will definitely limit your exposure to others that may be sick or carrying the virus. This includes some changes in your uh, lifestyle. So you need to do social distancing. Stay away from large crowds. Don't go to work if you're sick or if a lot of people are sick uh, in your community. Keep children home from school if there are other kids that are sick. Avoid public transportation. Avoid physical contact with other people. Keep a distance of about six feet from other people. As a matter of fact, you don't want to be anywhere near shaking hands distance. (laughs) Believe me, you want to be at least six feet away from other people. And of course, you have to isolate sick people in your family from healthy people. That's something very important. A lot of people think that's sort of paranoid, but the truth is that these are recommendations that are endorsed by U.S. government agencies in the event of a deadly infectious disease outbreak. So these are some of the things that we absolutely have to do if we're going to protect our families is we have to keep them away from other sick folk. And it's a terrible thing to say, but that's what you got to do. Well, there's a lot more to talk about with regards to COVID-19 disease, well, with any luck, we're not going to have to deal with this, but we have to be prepared. So as they say, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. We're going to go ahead and prepare for another show in the next few days, and I promise you that we're going to keep you up to date. This is Joe Alton for Amy Alton. Thank you for listening to the Survival Medicine Podcast. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Check out our website at www.doomandbloom.net for hundreds of informative articles about survival medicine, gardening, natural remedies, medical supplies, and lots of other good stuff. Contact us, send your email to drbonespodcast at aol.com or use the contact form on the main page of the website. See you next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.